0: and rely on His promises every day. Here's the message. It's my great pleasure to introduce Nanny Pat, also known as Mother-in-Law, who's bringing a word this morning. Come all the way from Spain to do that. And we're going to send the children out first after the Mother-in-Law jokes. <laughs> well, it's too good an option to miss, really, isn't it? What can I say about my mother-in-law? She's such a blessing to me. Um, I love her so much, especially as she chose to live in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I know. But I sat in a car park for you for four yeah. hours yesterday, so I I'm, figured I'm, I'm owed some brownie points. Okay, let's pray for the youngsters before they uh, leave with um, Andrea and the team. Father God, we thank you for these young souls, Lord God, that you have plans for them. And I pray this morning, Lord God, that they will be encouraged, that they will be built up, and above all, Lord God, that they would know that you made them, and you are pleased with them, just as they are. Amen. 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 Okay, Andrea, take your take brood, and uh, Pat's going to come and bring a word. Now, the Lord is in the planning, Okay. The Lord is in the planning. I didn't know when we drew up the preaching rotor several many months ago that today Pat will be preaching. So you cannot accuse me of giving my mother in law the sermon about the naggy old lady. So unwrap for us, please, the parable of the persistent widow.
1: Thank you, Mark. I'm not very good with microphones, so if it wanders all over the place and you can't hear me, if you just wave, I'll try and get it back in front of my mouth. (laughs) Yes, I do love my son-in-law very much. And I don't mind him making jokes about me because I know he loves me too. I know I was with his wife when he waited four hours in the car park last night, but nonetheless, he did it. And it was mainly for me because it was my treat. It's so good to be back here at Hope Church. It's a while since I have been here. Over a year, in fact. A year and three months, a year and four months, maybe. I hadn't realised it was so long, but it actually is. So, yes, a few people I don't know. Some I do. Some I recognise and probably haven't spoken too much, but smiled at. So, it's good to see you all. Right, the nagging lady. Actually, it's not really a story about a nagging woman wearing down someone to do what she wants it's, and give her what she asks for. It's an account of a woman seeking justice from the one, the only person, who could give it to her, a judge. So we'll start with the reading. Now, the last last week, I think it was, the passage before, the chapter before, it was about Jesus um, telling his disciples, his followers, what to expect when he returns for his bride, the church. To take her, us, because we are the bride of Christ, we are the church, to be with him. And this passage actually is, although it doesn't seem like it when you first read it, it's actually continuing in the same in the same vein. So, I don't know how long you've been doing, Luke, but it seems like forever to me. I do watch it every week. (laughs) So it's Luke 18, starting at verse 1. And he, that is Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge Other words, nagging. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So I've already said, it's not about a nagging woman, it's about a woman who's a widow and has no other recourse. She has no husband to defend her, to fight for her, to provide for her, to protect her. She has nothing of her own, nothing in her own strength that she can do against this adversary. We don't know who her adversary was, we don't know what was happening. We do know that she needed help, and only this judge could give her the justice that she was seeking. Now the judge, as we read, is described as one who didn't fear God or respect people. He actually didn't want to concern himself with um, a woman, especially an unmarried woman, uh, who had problems and difficulties. He had the position of authority to do something, but not the inclination. We live in a world where this is very often the truth for us as well. People in authority have the position, the power, the ability to do something about the the ills of the world, about the um, adversaries that that come against us, about the um, unfairness, the injustice, and yet, they don't seem to be inclined to do it. And I don't want to get into a political speech, because I'm not very political anyway. I just know what I see happening. And, and then, like everybody, um, realise that we live in a world that is actually falling apart when it comes to justice. However, this widow did exactly what... I, I, actually... Up to now, my sermon's already been half-preached, so it shouldn't actually take very long. Because through the worship and through Mark, talking about perseverance and standing, it's already been said. She wasn't about to give up. She wasn't going to go away and keep quiet. She knew that this judge had the, the, the position and the authority to act on her behalf And she did not stop bothering him until he agreed to do so. So she knew that if she just kept coming, eventually she might get somewhere. Now, where where do we stand in that? I'm not very good at this keep going business. I can give up if it gets too hard or if I get tired or if nothing seems to be changing. I can get, get fed up and stop. She didn't. She kept going back until he did what she asked. And then Jesus compares this through the parable that he's just said with how God is with us. Now, he's not saying that God is like the um, unrighteous judge. What he is showing us is how different God is, how different God is with us than the authorities, the, the people who are in a position and don't have the inclination to use it for good. He shows us how much God loves us, and that's come over quite a lot this morning as well, including um, that wonderful um, picture. Um, Claire. Claire. I don't know if she's here. Is she still here? (laughs) Oh, thank you, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that picture of how much God loves us to the point where he's not going to let a wall that's come up around us um, take over. It's not going to enclose us forever unless we choose to sit in that place behind the wall and not seek the one who is inclined to do something about it. And that's our loving God. The judge in the story is uncaring and unrighteous, but our God is a righteous judge. He is judge over all the earth. And he cares about every single little detail of our lives. Took me a long while to believe that. But it's true. Even down to helping me find a contact lens when it fell on the sand. You know, little tiny things that we would deem unimportant. Nothing about us is unimportant to God. Everything is important to him if it affects our lives. And he cares, and Jesus points out that if an uncaring judge can eventually be persuaded to do the right thing, how much more will God do the right thing? Much more speedily, much more, um, much more the right thing, out of His love for us. He is not slow to respond. It seems like it sometimes. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. However, he, w- he will respond. How much more will our loving God respond to us when we cry out to him? And how much more quickly if even an unjud- unrighteous, unfair, unjust judge eventually does so? So this morning, we've already talked about it again. What do we need? from God we all need something that's why it's so great that we have access to him through what Jesus did because we all need something none of us live a perfect life I don't think any of us know what a perfect life would look like because life just isn't like that so what do we need do we need guidance do we need guidance to help us make a decision to make a choice that we're grappling with To know which way to turn, which way to go next. How to deal with the situation. Do we need freedom? Freedom from addiction. Freedom from the chains that have kept us bound for years. Freedom to to say yes to God when perhaps our peers reject him. Do we need wisdom? We all need wisdom. Human wisdom isn't much to go on. It can sometimes help, but it isn't the true wisdom. The true wisdom is godly wisdom. We find that in his word. We don't find that anywhere else except in his word. Godly wisdom. And we can ask for that. James tells us we can ask for godly wisdom. And if we ask, we have to believe we will receive. More of that later. Do we need healing? Healing of mind, healing of heart, healing of the body, healing of spirit. Where do we need the healing? If we need healing, he is our healer. It's one of his names. Our God heals. Do we need restoration? Have we wandered away from God? Have we left him on a back burner somewhere to come back to him later when things get a little bit better or a little bit more um, attractive. I don't know. I know we go through all these different times in our walk with him. And so what do we need this morning? Do we need restoration in our, in our relationship with him? Do we need restoration to somebody else that we've broken um, the relationship with? Do we need restoration in our faith And do we need strength? As you get older, you young people, you need more strength. Physical strength above everything else. (laughs) But you do need the other kinds of strength. We need spiritual strength. And the longer I walk with God, I thought, you know, one day I, I, I won't need to keep finding myself in a place of spiritual weakness. But we can easily. We need the spiritual strength as much as we need the physical strength. We need the strength for the fruit of the Spirit to be operating in our lives. God's grace isn't so that we can go off and do our own thing and then come back to him with our tail between our legs, asking for forgiveness. It is partly for that, so that we can be forgiven for the things that we do when we wander off. But that's not the only reason. His grace gives us the strength to say no when we need to say no and yes when we need to say yes. It's a strength that helps us to to work out um, what it is that we need to be and do it, not just give in because it seems so good, so tempting. I've been challenged a lot about the way we live in a world that is always trying to take us away from God with one thing or another and sometimes it is something that isn't bad in itself. It's just taking us away from God. So sometimes we need that extra strength. And he says, will he not speedily respond? Of course, what God calls speedily and what we call speedily might be two different things. But he does welcome us to come to him in all our pain and difficulty His desire is that we should trust him to deal with our adversary in whatever form he comes. Our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking who to devour. But also, our adversary can be um, just just the, the, the things that we want to have as part of our lives, but no, we shouldn't have as part of our lives. Our adversary can take many different forms. It can come in the form of sickness. It can come in the form of of financial difficulties. It can come um, in the form of rejection. In the form of um, just being um, left. Abandonment. It can come in any shape or form but he welcomes us and his desire is that we should trust him with those things. Very often we try to sort them out in our own strength and come to him as a last resort. We could save ourselves a lot of grief if we came to him first and then followed his instructions as to how to go forward. Whenever the enemy comes against us, we need to be persistent in communicating with God through prayer. And in fact, I called the the, the message this morning something very simple. It says it like it is, persistence in prayer. We've heard that word again this morning, haven't we? Persistence. Now, there are loads of verses in the Bible that I could quote, but for time's sake, I'm only going to quote a few. So Philippians 4.6 tells us this. Do not be anxious about anything But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Couldn't be clearer, really, could it? Why do I even need to bring another one? (laughs) Do not be anxious. Everything can be brought to God in prayer, with our thanksgiving, because there's always something to be thankful for as well. Ephesians 6 talks about the armour of God. And after telling us to, after doing all, stand. Then Paul writes, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So while we stand waiting, we pray in the spirit for everything that needs praying for I did a... I'm only going to... Because I haven't got this in my notes, so I'm going to be very quick. But on Resurrection Sunday, I brought a message about not so much the resurrection, because we all know what the resurrection has given us. If we're following Christ, we know. And I thought, what more can I say about that? And I couldn't. So what I actually said was, what happened on Saturday? Does anybody know what happened on Saturday? Because it's not recorded. The only thing that's recorded is that the women who went to the tomb, followed to see where Jesus lay, then went home and prepared spices to um, prepare his body for burial. But then they stayed home and waited till the Sabbath had passed because that was the commandment. So what happened on Saturday? They kept the commandment. They obeyed God. They stayed, they waited, and then they went. And when they went, the resurrection had already happened. I use that because it's a really good example of when we are praying for something and we're waiting. And while we're waiting, we need to say to God, what do you want me to do while I'm waiting? They were keeping the Sabbath. What do we need to be doing while we're waiting? Standing, expecting, hoping. And I don't mean a vain hope. I mean that, that full-on, I know God is going to do something. In Acts, we read in chapter 1 verse 14 that the disciples were all together in one place waiting to receive the Holy Spirit and all with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Devoting yourself to prayer means um, almost like praying with perseverance, I would say. They were devoting themselves to prayer, not to planning next day's dinner or... Whatever it is that you do when you get together with your friends, they were devoting themselves to prayer. When we cry out to God seeking Him, He hears and He responds. David in Psalm 6 and 9 says, The Lord has heard my plea, the Lord accepts my prayers. He hears my plea, He accepts my prayers. And if David knew that, then we can know that. It's the same God. And we, unlike David, we know what it is to have a relationship through Jesus, what Jesus has done. Jesus is our way. And we know that he will hear and accept the prayer. God hears every prayer as yet unanswered prayer like it it haven't had an answer just yet, doesn't mean he's ignoring us, ignoring what we're asking for, ignoring our petition. But he's the one who knows best how to answer the prayer and when. And we sometimes forget that. We're praying for something, we expect it to be answered in a certain way, and when it doesn't happen, we think, well, he's just not going to answer the prayer, is he? He's working it out his way, not our way. His ways are not our ways. Take taking me a long time to learn that. Nevertheless, Jesus says, having explained how much God loves us, how much God listens to our prayers, and how he will not be slow in bringing, his, uh, bringing us justice, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And that, for me, is the most important verse in that passage. Will Jesus find people trusting in him for their lives when he comes, when he comes back for his church? Will he find us walking in obedience in his will? We read what he says about the separation of sheep and goats. How many goats will there be? How many sheep will there be? We've all got the same opportunity will Jesus find people trusting him for their lives? And I think this is what he's really getting at. He's really asking if we will be continuously trusting him in faith. Not those that say, yes, I have faith, yes, I believe, but actually live like we don't believe and don't have faith because we then pick it up, do it in our own strength, it all falls apart, so then we go back to God again and say, can we do this? There's nothing wrong with that. If we do that, God will always welcome us back. That's fine. I'm not saying that. But sometimes you can get into that place of saying a prayer because that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian And then forgetting about you're not even trusting God to answer the prayer. But will he find people who are? If we will be continuously trusting him, no matter what is going on around us. And boy, do we live in in a world that can be very distracting. We are supposed to be persistent in prayer. There we go again, by that word persistent. Until we receive the answer until we receive the answer. You all know the acronym PUSH. I know Lydia's used it many times in the past. Pray until something happens, P-U-S-H. PUSH. Now, sometimes I'm better at it than others. I think God has given me um, what everybody else seems to call resilience and persistence, and I call sort of like a holy stubbornness. I won't stop pray and if I am convinced that God is going to answer prayer and there was a time in our family lives there's been several times in our family lives where this has been um, something we've had to do pray consistently persistently for as long as it took until there was an answer to prayer and one such time and I've asked her if I can share it and she says it's okay was with our younger daughter Vicky who went way, way off anything, uh, off the grid as far as I was concerned on anything I was remotely um, had knowledge about. She went into a very dark place and lived a very dark life for quite a few years, many years. She started at quite a young age before I even knew about it. But as soon as I knew, I thought, you know what? I'm going to pray about this because God can do it. I can't do anything. I tried reasoning, didn't work. Tried threatening, didn't work. Tried all kinds of things, didn't work. Only God was going to be able to make a difference in this situation. And I know that as a small child, she'd actually asked God to be her friend. So I thought, I'm going to pray around that and I'm going to ask God to bring this back into her life and to to get rid of the darkness. We prayed in the prayer meeting this morning. In the world in which we live, there is so much darkness. We have to pray in the light. And that was what I did. I prayed away the darkness in all the forms I saw it happening and brought God's opposite, the light, into each area that I saw it. And It wasn't just me, myself and her dad, Antonio. We prayed together for 15 years before the the answer came. 15 years, during which there were many opportunities to give up praying for it. Many times I thought about giving up, there's nothing happening. Sometimes it got worse before it got better. It was very tempting to give up. And I'm sorry, Antonio, but you were on the verge of giving up most of the time. It was my holy stubbornness that stopped it. I said, No, I will not stop praying for this because I know God can do it. And the answer, the responses in the room today showing that He does. Don't give up praying for your children. Don't give up praying for the people in your lives that have known God and walked away. He can bring them back. He gave me a picture of Vicky, like an astronaut on the end of a... um, You know when they go outside of the the spaceship and they're connected, umbilical cord they call it, don't they? Floating around in space, waiting to be pulled back into the mothership. That picture kept me going for many years. I thought she's still attached She's still there. God loses none. Jesus said he would lose none that the father gave to him. If the father has given her to him, to Jesus, he's not going to lose her. It might take a while for them to come back. It might take a while for them to recognize that they need to come back. It might take some very awful circumstances sometimes for them to recognize it and realize it. Don't stop Praying, pray until something happens. Keep pushing in prayer. Now, Jesus isn't encouraging us to nag God. That's not what I was doing. You don't nag God. He's deaf to nagging. But to be faithful in trusting him with what only he can do. And when we can't do it, he can. Now, that's not always going to be the case that we get the response the answer that we want but still he is God and like I said earlier he will always respond the way that it is um, best in that particular situation even if we do not understand it even if we do not want to accept it even if we wished it had been something different and that has happened too It's not like every prayer I've prayed. That was the longest, by the way. 15 years is the longest. But it's not like every other prayer was answered the way I wanted them answered. They weren't. But I would not stop praying because I knew God would do something and he always did something and gave me peace about what happened. So I'm just saying, I can't use anybody else as an an example. I can't use other examples that I know nothing about. I can only use us You've all got testimonies, you've all got stories, you've all got experiences of how God has answered or not answered, or He always answers, but not the way you want. We've all got them. Think on those things. Ask Him, what do you want me to learn today? What is it you're saying to me today? Jesus said, when He returns, it will be sudden and unexpected. How's he going to find us when he comes, suddenly and unexpectedly? Will he find us sleeping, breaking, what is it, treading water? When you're not going anywhere, you're just in the sea and you, you're just bobbing up and down. Is that treading water? I don't go in the sea, I don't know, it's treading water. <laughs> or is he going to find us earnestly and faithfully seeking him in every every part of our lives for whatever it is that we're facing for whatever it is we're going through and some of that time it won't be bad stuff you know we talk about how he helps us in the bad times actually he was with me last night I was having a fantastic time it was brilliant I went to a concert brilliant music there was even a gospel choir there in a secular concert I mean it was so good And I know God was there with me. He made it possible for me to be able to do that, something I didn't think I'd be able to do. So he's there in the good times too. He's there to help us rejoice. He's there whenever we want him. And we do live in a world where it's easy to lose heart. Apart from the usual ups and downs in life, the disappointments, the illness, the fear, sadness and grief that we experience, We're also challenged by a rapidly changing world where the morals and ethics and political correctness is just something we don't even recognise anymore. And for Christians, it's even harder because it seems to be so much against the word of God and we're meant to live in obedience to the word of God. So it's really, really easy to lose heart when we look at the world around us. But the way to rise above the storms is to live what we say we believe. Read it, decide to believe it, choose to believe it, choose to live what we say we we believe. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Many a man declares his own steadfast love, but a faithful man, who can find? It's easy to say, I love God. It's easy to say, I love Jesus. But how faithful are we in our following him? Will God bring about justice? Yes. Will God keep putting us off? No. Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? Maybe. It's true, maybe. It depends on how we who profess to love him and follow him, choose to live our lives in faith and trust in the one who died for us to cleanse us of all sin and give us new life, new and eternal life, or paying lip service to a faith we don't live out. Being religious isn't the same as being full of faith. Believing in God is not the same as believing what he says and trusting in his promises. I'm going to finish by reading a scripture again about persevering in faith and then just adding a few words of prayer afterwards. I don't know how you finish service. How do you finish service? Okay? (laughs) Okay. So, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 and 18 says this. Rejoice always. Don't be downcast. Don't lose heart. Don't think that everything is just falling apart and there's no good. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. That means even on the go you can pray. You know, I've prayed often on the go. Sometimes I pray in the morning and then just keep the prayer going all day every time. I'm moving somewhere, doing something, or change it to another one. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. We can be thankful to God for what Jesus did to make our relationship with him possible. We can always be thankful for that. We can be thankful in the good times. We can be thankful in the difficult times. It's the only way that we're going to get through the difficult times and it enhances the good times. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, to be rejoicing, to praying, and to thanking. And I've written here, never stop praying for our broken world. Pray first and let the Holy Spirit guide you into God's will for your life. Pray and trust him to fulfill his promises. Pray and give thanks for the new life we have in Christ. Pray and worship him for who he is. And we thank you, Father God, for who you are for your love for us that surpasses anything we can even begin to experience outside of you and for what that means for us on a daily basis as we live life out with you handing everything over to you all my plans, hopes, ambitions there's a song that says we surrender these into your hands may that be true that we surrender our lives so completely to you that we will be able through your grace to find the strength to live the life that you want us to live. Amen.